So like you, you kind of want that. And then also the idea of having a family and the idea of, you know, finding someone, uh, to, to give your love to is, um, impacting because you don't always have it. It's not readily available. You know? So as you get older, you start to like feel like this way. Like, the fuck, you call me old? No, man? I'm calling old, bro. I'm saying old, dirt, <laughs> <her>, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're totally right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm alive, bro. Jesus. The cookie just coming. Jesus. Ah, cool. Three, two, one, and we're live. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on another episode of. Jesus, your host George Mora, and your, your co-host, co-host Edwin Chuya. What is up, guys? What is up? See? How about the freaking afternoon? You Happy nailed Thanksgiving, it. Thanksgiving, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, Mo- move the mic a little closer oh, yeah, that way. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't gotta, you know. There we go. Fuck okay. around too much and post post <laughs> editing. No way, no way. Apparently, I'm an audio engineer. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah. Don't forget to leave a like, comment, subscribe down below to Please watch do. our content. Yeah. All right. Um, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we're thankful for a lot of things. We do have a great guest on today. Somebody I've been trying to get on for a long, 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 long time. All right. He's um, a guy who's taught me so much. He's actually helped me grow within my industry, within like hospitality, within like a lot of a lot of parts and aspects in my life. So it's like a special, special thing to have him on. And he's also a hard guy to get hold of because he's so fucking busy all the time. He's practically like the smartest dude I know. <laughs> not just not hyping it up like that's that's just and real and humbling as well. that's real shit edwin you've spoken to him for like for like five minutes and oh, like good minutes. he's really awesome he's, he's awesome a smart he's, you know he's he's a, he's a smart guy and he's ambitious and he knows what he's doing i think a lot of people are going to learn a lot from him and get a lot from him so like that's why also why i really wanted to have him on because that's what this podcast is about bro it's about growing it's about entertaining it's about learning. lifestyle exactly you know yeah. and we had maria Timay on so don't forget to go back and watch that episode. We had a returning guest on. She got some tea to spill. She got some tea to spill too. So, and without, good advice and good advice too as well. Facts, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great, Great advice. advice. Yeah. So, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. All right, he is a sommelier. Which, if you don't know what that is, pause this video and go watch anything that is sommelier, bro. He's a wine expert at the highest level, peakest level. All right, insane and. He's also uh, my, well, my beverage director, and he's now like an entrepreneur going on his own things, opening up new, new, um, new businesses, hotels, things like that. So, Daniel oh, Sage dude. Beetle. Hey, yo, Senio Hall thing. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Hey. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, what man. makes you want to be on this shitty podcast? Uh, well, like you, as you said, you, uh, you asked me to be on it. So yeah, I, you know. I, I begged him pretty much like ran up his DMS cause I know how hard it is to like get a response from him. Sometimes I'm a hermit. Like I'll be <laughs> honest. I, I pretty much like I focus on two things and then like, that's all I focus on. And like a surface, maybe go out for a drink once in a while. And then like I go back under. So yeah, no, I remember your work working with you. I think we've only gone out like, I think once or two times. In like a three, four year span of like working with each other. That might have been like the one or two times I went out that year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, man. How like, all right. That's all right. When I'm, when I met you, I feel like a lot of people that like meet you at first are like somewhat like intimidated by like your, well, one, maybe your charisma, but all, more or less like your, your smart, your like your, your intellect, your intellect, right? You just, you, you know, so many things on like a high different level and like meeting you, I met you at a place where like in my life where 
I had just been broken up with, but like, you know, and I was like searching for like a, a job that would give me more meaning, more fulfilled, fulf, like fulfillment, fulfillment yeah. in life. And like, I, I knew I love restaurants. I knew I love talking to people. I knew I love like interacting with people. And I knew I just liked like the service industry. Also, the money was fucking good. Like, who am I kidding? But, you know, I go into like an Indian, I go into like, I go on Craigslist and I'm looking up jobs. And then I see a, a little Indian spot in Midtown Manhattan. And I'm like, yo, you know, what? I'm just interviewing for server positions. I'm a busser. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to go, I'm going to say I was a server and I'm going to see what I get. And I get this position. And mind you, you know, even the guy we worked with, you know, Paul Downey, name dropping here for anybody in the hospitality industry, but like big, fat, fat duck, EMP, uh, you know, some of the best restaurants in the entire world. Exactly. So, and I didn't even know who I was sitting with at the moment of the interview, but they wanted me, they wanted me to be a part of the team. So I was like humbled and, and, and like, he gave you, he gave like everybody like a motivational speech, but I don't know, everybody was behind him. And, you know, through that, you were hired, you came on board and I met you. And again, like I said, you're, you're the smartest person. He hires like the smartest, the best, like people that are willing to learn and like, and like are, are highly motivated and ambitious in your life. So like, this is like the peak moment where I like met you and yeah. <laughs> well, I mean like the whole concept of that place was to, no one goes to an Indian restaurant to build on their service. You go to a French restaurant, you go to an Italian restaurant, you go to a Michelin restaurant. But what we were trying to do is take, uh, you know, a world-class Indian restaurant and then bring it into the modern way of service. Mm -hmm. So we were used to taking people that like owned restaurants and just would do anything to be a busser or a, be a server. And uh, the whole concept was to just find people that wanted to grow and grow them and spend every day growing them and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them until they were the best. And so that's, that's the whole concept of what we were trying to do. Yeah. Which, which I think we did a good job. I think, you, I think like as, as a whole, as a team, we did like an amazing job. Like we were number one on like table. We were right under per se. We were right under per se. months. In New for York City. Months. In New York City. We were right, we were right under like. Per se the, was four and we were like five. And then like at one point, I think we were at three and per se was at four. Like we were playing like a very competitive game when it comes yeah, to like right? New York City. For Indian food. For Indian food. And mind you, like anybody doesn't know Indian food, like I walked into the interview being like, yo, I'm going to work in an Indian restaurant. I'm going to leave smelling like curry every day. Like completely opposite, completely wrong of what I really thought it was going to be like. It wasn't like that at all. It was really the most professional, like caring environment with the most like de de delicious, exquisite, like different kind of flavored food that you just never imagined in your life. It was fun. It was fun. And it was, for me, it was easy because uh, India has 2,000 years of creating these like amazing non-alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my background is classic cocktails. All I had to do was take the flavor profile from all the non-alcoholic and just put booze into them to a certain extent and then kind of fall into like a different tapestry of dialogue. And then there we go. And that's what we did. And then how, how, did, you, um, how did you get into like this whole like bartending phase like what made you really want to delve deep into like the sommelier world as far as like mixology it's given an opportunity um before my first job in new york i was working construction uh and like you know i'm not the biggest guy is, and i mean bro you look i mean yeah, i don't know why for maybe in my head you just look like massive for yeah, some reason you, you look do. like you're just built for like and like also working with you like I'd bitch about picking up boxes you know what i'm saying like like well, wine I, boxes and them shits are a lot heavier than you think they are but this dude would pick up like three or four like at like one fucking time. He'd just be like, oh, you're being a bitch? Cool. 
picks that shit up and just walks it right up. Yeah, never let him see you cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I used to weigh like 195 and that's all I would do is work out all day. Mm-hmm. But like, I've been married for like 11 years and you know, I haven't hit the gym in a very, very long time. Yeah, like, I remember when I, started, when I started working out, he was like, yo, he's working out, bro. Like, I can't, I can't let my team look at me like a bitch. I got to start doing something. So he'd come out, he'd be like, I ran four miles, George. Yeah. I bench oh, really? pressed like 250. Yeah, I went that's, back that's to That's like that. three of yous. Yeah. <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> um, yeah, but... uh. What were we talking about? Well, I, what, 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 uh, how, like, what, what kind of brought you into that? You said you oh, construction. Yeah, and so then- I, I started off in construction and like I was working next to like, you know, these like big Jamaican guys and they would like, you know, they'd laugh at me and they kind of encourage me and they would teach me like the ropes. But at the end of the day, I was working at 4.30 in the morning until like I had like, you know, lungs filled with like black soot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. This is killing me. And so. Um, how old are you? Uh, I moved to the city when I was 17. 17. So I, I've pretty much been living on my own since I was 15. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and, and, you're from, and you're from Arkansas, right? I'm, I was born and raised in Arkansas, but then uh, traveled to Oregon because I got an acting uh, scholarship for like the local high school. Mm-hmm. Took two years of high school, passed out, and then basically uh, jumped around to the local community college for a bit and then came here early. So right before I turned 18, I was in New York. I had $300 to my name. And I just, I needed a job because, you know, rent's expensive. Rent's expensive, rent's expensive here. And, Brooklyn, then, right? expensive and uh, yeah, I moved to Midwood. Midwood? Yeah. Some scary people. <laughs> scary, sight unseen, scary people. And, uh, you know, so I did construction for a bit and then um, uh, I became a host. And then I became a maitre d' like right afterwards. Which like, is weird because like a lot, a lot of guys, they don't become like, Hosts, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we go for like the bus or runner position. And like right now, like I mean, every restaurant I've been to, hostess is the dope. shorty, the hot girl at the door, greeting everybody. And we don't see guy, we don't like we don't see guy hosts unless they're like really gay and charismatic. I don't think that they thought that I would mess with any of the other girl hostesses. Either they like, that's a good kid. He's he's gonna mind his business. <laughs> did you mind business? And I did. I did. I minded my business. I, was, yeah, I did a very good job. Uh, but uh, it was like I was there. At, it was actually it was at Carmine's in Times Square. And uh, well, also I guess you were doing. You had like that actor like, kind that, of vibe, yeah. right? And is that why you came to New York? Yeah, because I could read people. I wanted to come to New York to do uh, you know theater. But then I realized, oh, stuff that I want to do, the cerebral like you know uh, head scratcher stuff that's like that I really want the meat of acting. You don't get paid for that. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, uh, you know, do a lot of commercial stuff. And I was like, I just can't, can't keep up with that. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I went to massage therapy, did that because my whole family did that. And then eventually I was like, bartending makes a ton of money. It involves tons of history. Uh, wine, uh, and alcohol, tea, coffee, uh, you know, so tall, everything. You can trace pretty much the entire human origin history based off of what they're drinking. There's only two cultures in the world that don't have an alcoholic beverage. You know, Aboriginals and the Inuits. And even the Inuits, they kind of ferment like elk milk. So like- Elk milk? Elk milk. And there's just so many stories. And like, you can go back to like, you know, uh, mid, uh, you know, 12th, 13th century uh, Japan. Mm -hmm. And you can tie in that story all the way to, you know, 1500s on the California coast. Um, It ties pretty much everybody together. And, uh, you know, no matter who you are, or who you're talking to, you can connect these stories just based off of history, but then yeah. also physically imbibing the things that are these cultural remnants of things they produce. 
And then what gets you so fascinated to like learning about those things? Because in today's day, like us, like kids or this generation, I feel like we don't really give a fuck about that. And like, that's kind of like a lost thing, you know, within our like, um, I'm a tactile learner. Like I'm not a, I'm not a smart person when it comes to being smart. I'm just really, really diligent. Like I have flashcards that I, I have so many flashcards that if I put them together, I couldn't physically lift them. (laughs) You know, like, and I would just sit there and be like, oh, I want to learn all about it. And so you crush flashcards, you yeah. memorize, you memorize, you memorize, uh, you know, and the same thing that I've done my whole life with everything I'd, you know, fuck up until I make it. Uh, but you know, I love that. I love you that you, too. you love take that. the laziest person, you give them the hardest job and they'll find the simplest solution. And I've always been a lazy person. And, you know, I put myself in very hard situations, like moving to New York when I was 17 with yeah. no money. And then you make yourself succeed and then you learn from that. And I find that a lot of the newer generation, they don't go through that. And you need to shape yourself because you need to test yourself. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you could just Google something to find the right answer. But you know, back in the day, you, there was no Google. There was nothing. You had no, to come I up with an answer like and you had to make sure that it worked. If it didn't work, you had to see it through. Yeah. And so you, you, it was, the failures were a lot slower and they took a lot longer, mm-hmm. which kind of more resonated with you. You know, so... Which I agree. I, I feel like you put, I feel like you put a, like, you know, I, I brought my cousin on to the, to the bar, to the, to that, to the industry. I brought a lot of my friends into that industry and I felt the same way. Like they felt like they didn't really know what hard work was and they didn't really like get it. And then also this concept of work smarter, not harder too. Cause if not, like we're going to be there like forever, you know, and like we can, we can get things a lot faster done as a team and we can get things done like a lot faster if we just like actually put ourselves through that than just like taking the easy way out or like finding the laziest like kind of way to go about things. And you guys turned out to be really good. <laughs> like it was a good team. Like I, 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 I put you guys up against Nomad or other bars any day. Which are like, 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 like the top fucking bars in New York City. So like that's a big thing for like a bartender, you know, like we, we wanted to be like the Nomad bartenders. I remember you said when I first started working, you were like, yo, like you have to go to the Nomad bar, like the Nomad bar, like it's going to change your life. Like it's completely different than, than even this bar that we built. That's also really nice. Right. But it's just going to completely change the way they work. Like just look at the way they work. You know what Mechanics. I'm saying? It's yeah. like fighting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like fighting. Keep your hands up. You keep tight. You keep your abs on and they, when, you, when they move, everything is mechanic and it goes exactly back where it should be every single time. Um, and then you just get that repetition and you get good and you get better. Yeah. And then you, you see the people. And then when I walked into Nomad, I, I was like, I know there's a big ambiance. I know the aesthetics is pleasing and all that. Like they put a lot of money, time and money into it. But when you really just look at the workers, like work, it's fucking beautiful. Like it's like um, the way we, what we try to do at the restaurants, like it's like a, like a ballet, right? Yeah. It was like a, like a theater, like almost like they're putting up an act, but it's just like hours and hours of work, knowing where everything is, knowing what you got to do and then understanding the rush times and then going through it. And it just looks so seamless. It's fucking amazing. When you, when you stand back and look at it as a whole, uh, you realize that um, people and dopamine is released in your brain through, through seeing cyclical actions mm-hmm. like music. It goes in a cycle and has a rhythm, but when the beat drops, boom, then that feels good. Yeah, that's the same way when you're doing service. Everything's mechanical. Oh, everything's organized, and all of a sudden, boom, it drops. I never thought of that. Like, well, I mean, it makes sense because it's the buildup, right? Yeah, like the buildup of the beat, and then the beat drops, and then that's like when really notice. Look at any predator. So, predator, their eyes and the way that their eyes are for, faced forward, 
they're looking at their prey and they have to track it. Our brains can't keep up that fast. So it does math for us. So it estimates where the prey will end up or where the ball will end up. You throw a ball, you have to get where you think it's going to go. And there is a reward center in your brain that gives you dopamine for predicting patterns. That is why we enjoy music. And you're talking about alcohol. Everyone talks about alcohol as depressant. It mm-hmm. slows the body down. We all know that. Yeah. Speeds the mind up, though. It's actually a stimulant. That's, a, that's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, a, it feels like a stimulant that goes into like a depressant. It slows your um, automatic nervous system down. Mm-hmm. But inside, they've actually looked at the patterns and the way that it keeps cycle. Mm-hmm. And it looks very similar to the way that people listen to music. When you get a headache, wow. that's when that rhythm and that cycle stop and it crashes like glass. See, that's, this is the kind of shit I'm talking about, bro. Like, what the this hell? is the kind of shit you just don't hear regular at people all, speak, all, bro. This maybe. is like 49 episodes in. I think this is the 50th episode, actually. 51st. Yeah, this is, oh, the 51st episode, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. The 51st episode. Like, dude, nobody says things like that like anymore, you know what I'm saying? Nobody really, like, understands or, like, really looks into things that deeply. Like, what? I'm how do, you, how like, do you know that? What the hell? Like, this is, like... Well, I mean, I, I, I read books. You just read books? I read books. I read books, bro. Books are great. Smart. I love books yeah. are fantastic. I talk to people that are smarter than me. So like, oh, I mean, so you read books, but most probably surround yourself with people that are like, oh yeah, I ask questions. I don't, I don't, I don't like, um, we were just talking about Pokemon. I know nothing about, about Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I, and I, and the question I asked was like, cause the last time I paid attention to Pokemon, uh, there's always new worlds and new worlds. Yeah. yeah. How many new worlds can there be in a planet? Can you estimate how many new lands that they've had and the miles in which they've traveled to determine the size of the planet? So Dude, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, just like, what? like yeah, what's no. the math in that? Is nobody, anyone thinking of that? Yeah, no, nobody, no, nobody thinks that. about that, yeah. but there is, I'm pretty sure there is on game theory. Like this guy just like thinks about all the weirdest things from like Walking Dead towards like Pokemon, towards like how like the Pokemon goes into the ball, like how they like live. How is that not shit? interesting? Yeah, and, and then he makes videos yeah. on it and then he gets millions of views off that because he really delves into deep into, into that. Into yeah. yeah, It's the rabbit hole. It's the minutia, you know? That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. So anyway, so all right. So you're, you're 17 years old. You're in New York City. You're working as a host and you just get the opportunity to become a bartender. And then from there- I lied. I lied. I said I had experience. I didn't have a, any experience. See, that's, that's, and you that's got what, away with that's it? That's what I did too. No, I didn't get away. I was fired. Oh, okay, okay. I was okay. fired. Uh, within like three weeks, but then I learned all the stuff from those three weeks. Yeah, oh, okay, and then okay, I lied okay. again, and I was better. I like that. I, <laughs> See, I like no, that. I like that. I like that. That's, I like that's that. That. what people need to fucking hear, bro. Because you get so demotivated when you're fucking trying to look for a job in a restaurant industry, right? Especially now, if you want to be a bartender, they're fucking desperate, bro. This is the time to fucking just lie on your lie your ass off on that fucking resume because nobody wants to fucking work right now. But if you want to learn how to be a bartender, like just lie again, like you said, fail. And then learn from your failures and then go and do it again. Cause that's kind of what I did in uh, my last restaurant. I was like, I was, I, well, I was a server assistant, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted a server position and I felt like I was ready for that. But that place didn't want to promote me. They didn't want to get, and all I asked them, I was like, yo, listen, please just give me like an opportunity. Just give me like a three day trial. If I don't work out on that three day trial, then I'll learn from it and like I'll try again some other month, right? Uh-huh. Or when somebody else gets fired or some shit. They weren't even willing to give me that. So I'm like, there's no growth here. I'm not staying here. Fuck that. I don't care how much I get paid. I'm leaving. Like, so I didn't just quit, but I found another job, right? And this is the, this is the job that I found. 
And I lied too. I was like, yo, like, listen, let me be, like, I want to be a waiter. I want to be a waiter. You got to get good at lying too. Yeah, I know, I know. That's yeah. another skill, you know? So, wait, so I have a question. My fault. I don't mean to No, 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 go, go on. So you said that you got fired after three weeks when you lied, right? Yeah. So you didn't know nothing about like bartending at all. And no. like, when, so how you didn't got fired like within the first week if you didn't know like nothing? You know what I'm saying? I was, I was, I was charming and nice to people. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that, that's why I'm like, wait, three weeks in and then they fire you? So that's. I'd be like, so I make my cosmos my way, but like. Yeah. How do you make your cosmos? How do you make your How do you make your cosmos? And I'm okay. sitting there just like, mm, vodka. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. There we go. Right. Exactly. Not, okay. exactly. So like you just study the behavior. So the way I, I really did like the whole like playing off the service situation. And I don't know if Paul Downey knew that I wasn't a server, but, or like, you know, Akshay knew that I wasn't a server. I'm fucking, well, now y'all know. <laughs> but like, they probably saw through it. But either way, I the way I, I was going about like the lie was pretty much like, I did want to be a server. And I would just, I would, I would be friends with servers. I would see what they did, what their job really consisted of. I'm like, what's their movement every day? Like, what are they actually doing as a server? Like the only thing that I couldn't really understand was the whole like system until you get into the, until you start putting stuff in the computer in, that's the only way you're going to get it. But even as a server, like every, every restaurant is different. So you're only going to learn that system by like actually going and putting it in. So I could learn everything else that they do. You know, how to take orders, how to like go and be confident and like, and like go and like ask people, you know, um, like for w- what their dishes are, memorizing the allergies, like all these things, like what questions they would ask during lineup. Like I would really just sit down and I'd be like, all right, cool. Like in my interview, I'm going to sit here and sound just like these people. Oh, okay. okay you know okay. what I'm saying? So that's kind of like how I'm learning. And then I don't know, like so, somehow I, I was so focused on like just being a server that like during the interview, when they asked me, when they were like, oh, like, listen, like you know, you'd be a good server assistant, which is where I, where I, which is where I was at. And like, you'd, but you're not a good captain yet. And I'm like, nah, bro, like I'm a captain. And I, and I left the interview like, nah, like I want to be a captain. I'm sorry. Like it's great and everything. They kept reaching out to me to the point where Paul Downey literally texted me. He was like, yo, like we went to Santina, the spot you raved about and you wasn't, you weren't there. Where were you? I was, I was like, dude, cause I told him I was working every day. That was my only day off. That was my only day off. And he went there and I'm like, bro, you tried Chinchina. Like, let me like hit up the manager, let me like talk to him, tell him like who's there. He's like, nah, like we left, but he's like, yeah, like the Chinchino was was great, mate, or some shit like that, right? Roy. Australian Roy. <laughs> Roy, so like, and then yeah, and then after that, I was like, you know, like who is this guy? Google him. Bro, like one of the biggest hospitality like people out there, they have like articles written about him. So I'm like, fuck, like let me work for this dude. Like let me see where I'm at, where I'm at, where I'm gonna get working for this guy. So like, yeah, I lied, you know, kind of to my way to the top, but then I try to become the best at whatever I was. And I try to study everybody else in a higher position so that I can get there. That's awesome. And then like, and then yeah, Jan, Daniel, one day, I guess like one of your bartenders was not working out and he was like, yo, <laughs> fuck, like who's like this other little dickhead that we could like, fuck <laughs> other with. Little like, dickhead, damn. Who, who, who's, who's a hard worker we could just pick, we could just pick on. I mean, you told me straight up. You was like, you were like, do you know anything about, like, I remember the day, the conversation, you were like, yo, do you know anything about like alcohol, anything about beer, wine or anything like that? And I'm like, honestly, like, no. He's like, cool. So I'm gonna teach you from scratch. That's the best way to do it. Though. Yeah. Like I, I, I honestly, I look for people that are a blank slate because if you go and like, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you learn the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That's ingrained in you. And it's harder to like, you gotta, you gotta unlearn that and then yeah. learn the new thing. So like, it's actually, it's good to hear people saying like, I don't know anything, but I have mm-hmm. an attitude and I'm a perseverer. I'm going to like come through with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you remember who uh, Richard Linklater is? No. So he studied babies. He was like this big director as well. But uh, babies can scream for hours and hours and hours and hours. They never lose their voice because they don't have any learned inflictions. 
Uh, and uh, that's so basically he learned the pattern of the way the baby screamed. It would teach rock stars, things like that, how to scream without losing their vocal cords. Uh, but the same philosophy happens in, uh, you know, a lot of these top tier, like 11 Madison Park. I'm not giving away a secret, but like they would hire people from Cornell, have almost no hospitality experience, but they're just really smart. Yeah. And they're like very serious. And like they would, Vishwa? Like Vishwa. Vishwa is, well, no, no, no. So Vishwa is a unique example. Vishwa, if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> unique example. Not only are you smart, charming, and incredibly talented, um, but uh, he, he had a, Vishwa is a huge intellect. He knows what he's doing. He, he could see something and then mimic it quite easily. Yeah, the dude was so smart. I was he's, like, wow, he, yeah, he shouldn't be in the position. He's, he's in a different league. But, um, but for most people, they would hire these people and they would train them. So like, it's like drinking the Kool-Aid. It's like we do this every time and there's no other way to do it. You drop it exactly like this and you pronounce it exactly like this. And then that's how you build people because if you have too much confidence and you have too much experience, you're like, oh, well, my last place, I did it like this and it was easier. And then all of a sudden, everyone's doing something different, different. and you don't have a seamless service. Yeah. So I think that's probably what Paul saw in you. And that's definitely what I saw in you mm-hmm. was like, oh, this guy can take something and uh, make it right and make it his own. And you don't have to worry about it once you tell him once. He's going to do it perfect. And you can just tell him something else next time. And then week after week after week after week, it just built. Yeah. Which is you know, awesome. Which is, which is why I, lo- I, lo- I love working a part of that team. And like the, th- the, th- the thing was, he was honest. He was like, yo, listen, I'm going to give you shit about it. I always felt like I had like this military like mindset engraved in me where it's like, I'm okay with taking shit. If somebody, as long as it's like, I feel like it's constructive, I'm okay with taking it. And But I'm also really young where it's like, I'm also still learning how to take this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I also have like a little bit of an attitude. You know, I also have like my own personality about me that I have to let go when I'm in that profession. I have to understand. I have to humble myself. Humbling is a big thing. Because I, I was really like arrogant, right? Yeah. Still kind of arrogant a little bit. But like I needed to, I needed to really humble myself to, to listen to people that are smarter than me. Because that's the only, gonna help you, right? it's gonna help the you only later way on. I'm going to yeah. learn like later on. Yeah. And like... Well, I, I feel like a lot of people don't think that way now. I feel like a lot of people are just too entitled. Like they just they just come in and they're just like super like, oh yeah, like I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But at the end they don't at all. And they don't know. And once and they're too scared to, to ask. It doesn't take you that far though down the line. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you get to, you know, the corporate level and you're dealing with heavy hitters that know the math and nuts and bolts of every aspect of the business. Yeah. Like you just you don't have a dialogue and you're not producing, you're not creating anything and you're not generating revenue based off of that. It's a totally different game. If you don't have those fundamentals that you're not going to succeed at the higher echelon. Exactly. And the thing is that we, we did have a lot of pressure on us and it's like, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows working with this guy, bro. This guy violated me. Like he, he put me <laughs> down a lot of times, you know, I, I was mad, but so I was he like, put you down to get to order to build yourself up. More. So I do it. I like, I, that's what I felt. I'm like, bro, yeah. like how far have I come? Every time I think like how mad I was, I'm like, yo, how far have I really come? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Course, like, yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'll take a little shit. And I know, and I know what he, sh- I see him, I seen his vision. So when I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best to help him on his vision instead of trying to create my own vision. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, like, let me get on, on his mentality, let me get on his level. I'm going to take the shit. I don't care. Like I, I know how far I've come and I know how much more I'm going to learn by sticking alongside him and dealing with the shit. And like one little argument shouldn't be the fucking end of it. Like you, like, I remember, I remember the, the big example Cause I like I had trouble working with others too, and I feel like a lot of people have that when you work for, with somebody for so long. He he was like, and there was one bartender, Manny, that that you fucking love, but he would get away with shit, bro, that a lot of people wouldn't get away with, and we didn't really fucking know why. 
And he walked me down. He, he talked to me one day and he was like, yo, listen. He's like, Manny could come downstairs, punch me in the face, and I'd ask him to come in to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because he's just that good and because we're that cool and because he understands what he has to do and he's like a professional what he has to do. And also like we just don't take shit that seriously. So like when we're when we're like cutting ass on each other or like when he's giving me constructive criticism that doesn't seem so constructive, like I understand like, yo, it's like a punch in the face, but like we're going to come in and do it better tomorrow. I think I said something like put the olives on the corner of the bar or like in this location <laughs> or go home. <laughs> it's like put it here or go home and then like i was just like that's the lesson today let's just organize our olives <laughs> he walked olives. out <laughs> he, he walked out he walked out he walked well the thing is with manny though is like he's been through it battle wounds yeah like, yeah, yeah. like he's he's seen the same shit i've seen like i know that he has a depth of experience and knowledge and just like uh a sense of like worldly intellect mm-hmm. uh so like i respect that very much and, uh, you know, he also knows that he has that too. So it's yeah. kind of like, he knows how incredibly valuable he is. And as soon as like, you know, people like yourself realize how valuable it is. And like, you know, all of a sudden everything's revealed. You can't pull that shit anymore. So like, that's what people kind of do to train people up. And then once they're trained, then it's like, things calm down a touch. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people didn't get that. They were just like, oh, like, I mean, Manny was a little bit catered, bro. Nobody ever walked out the restaurant and then came back to work next day. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? He, he got lucky. He got lucky on that aspect. But I, I understood like if this is his team. You know, I got to be on board with the team he's trying to build. And if I'm seeing his vision, I know the vision. If he sees something in me, he sees something in other people, too. So I have to trust it. You know, whether I agree with it or not, I have to, like, make it work. And I felt like. Yo, at the end like, of the day, you just learn from it. Yeah, too. like I, I was also in this business mentality where I, I went back to school, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, what if I did work for a powerful CEO one day for a company? I'm going to be his bitch and I got to be on his team with other bitches too, right? Well, you're also learning how to, when you're in the, in the same role. Yeah. You're learning how to take people and grow people because that's the thing. You're going to have so many people that are going to work under you at a certain point in which you have to be like, okay, there's, you know, he has something. I have to get it out of them. And also I have to make the whole system work and I have to make them work with everybody else and think about the longevity of the company. And you play math. You're like, is this person going to work out or not? Or not, yeah. Sometimes you have to cut bait. And it's not that anything personal, it's just they can't do it. Um, so which is you, true. Which you I- you got to learn how to deal with that. And it's, it's tricky. No one knows how to do it exactly mm-hmm. right. And it takes just the right amount of culture in order to be able to push a team it's true i mean yo he was a full blonde when we started working like four months down the line his hair turned gray well this whole thing <laughs> this is the thanksgiving you know <laughs> outfit but no but that, that was just crazy i was like no this, this dude is working so hard and then and then he would always try to educate not just his team but like everybody like we would all do wine tastings and then you'd give us like that brief history about where the wine comes from madeira was one of the biggest ones Right from like Portugal and like the whole triangle. You you want to tell a story? <laughs> the triangle, yeah, that's exactly right. It was it was the uh, the trade uh, the golden triangle, and uh, when you're coming out um, from England, you think, oh well, the first thing I can do in a ship, in a wooden ship, you'd go right across. Yeah, it's not how it works. You actually have to go down the coast and then you go up to Brazil. If you want to get to New York from England and you're doing a sailing ship, it's better to go to Brazil first. To Brazil first. Which doesn't make sense. And then it goes up. And so there's this trading thing where Madeira was the last island before they could fill up on supplies, uh, which was one of the first sugar plantations before it eventually moved to Brazil. And then you had those giant things that messed up. And then Madeira was actually a 
Madeira is an entrenched history. Uh, most of the slave trade in America was started in Madeira itself. So like dark history, That's crazy. dark, dark <laughs> Island, real dark shit. Bro. Like it was some dark shit. They, they found that and there's history of that Island going back to Pliny the elder, which is a mm-hmm. Roman general around the year zero. Um, and, uh, he traveled around the world looking for places where you grow wine, where you like, you know, um, have history of growing wine and, and, and viticulture. And he went to uh, the Iberian Peninsula in Portugal and he was talking to the local um, people there. And he goes, is there anything else beyond uh, the frontera, Jerez de Frontera, the end of the world where, you know, Western civilization stops. Yeah. And 2000 years prior to that, there was myths of these islands in the middle of the Atlantic, which they thought was uh, Atlanta, what was it? City of Atlanta? Atlantis. Atlantis? Yeah, yeah. That's oh. what they thought it was, Madeira. They discovered it in 1419. And then it was this beautiful wooded island, which Madeira means the wooded island. Oh, shit, I know that. And they burned it to the ground. They said it burned for seven years. Uh, they burned it to the ground so they could, you know, uh, plant like livestock and, you know, oh, yeah, crops yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. So it could be a filler station. And then eventually they started doing grapes uh, and fortifying the wine there. And then you said like during the travel, it would cook the wine, right? Yeah. So essentially they, they take the wine, um, uh, they fortify it a little bit with like an aguardente, like, you know, a little like neutral grape brandy. And then they put it in the halls of these ships. And as it would go through the equator, it would essentially bake, um, or we call modernize. And uh, that baking essentially reduces it and reduces it, reduces it, oxidizes it well. Basically, it's the same thing with brownie in motion, like, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, element. When you have the molecules together and it's cold, they go slow. But when you heat them up, they go really fast and the chemical reactions start to go really fast. So you heat them up in these ships, it basically like super ages the wine. And they realized after it went to, to Tokyo and all the way back, they're like, oh, damn, this stuff tastes really fucking good. And so they realized how to do that. And they put it in these giant attics. And then they would actually uh, take it through the equator. And that was one of the first processes called the uh, Torum Viejum, where they'd pass it through the equator and then you drink it afterwards. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was the first American wine. It's, no, like, it's insane. Like Thomas Jefferson drank a bunch. Uh, George Washington drank a pint a day. Like yeah. it, it's historically an American beverage. Um, but it also just happens to go with Indian too. So that's why we had one of the biggest Madeira selections in uh, all of New York City, right? Yeah, in all of New York City. There's only one, actually, there's only one place in America that had a bigger uh, Madeira collection than us. Who? Um, place in Florida. But they didn't store it right. And there's, there's this giant warehouse in like Boca Raton or something like that, where I think some like ridiculously rich guy does this very old restaurant. And he, just, he has everything. What the fuck? I know. I know. know. He had it though. I can't claim the the biggest. All right. So I go going past your journey in uh, in New York City. You know, studying what what made you what what jumped you into the sommelier world, right? Um, just working at a bar, bar from bar to bar. You went bar to bar. It's a very romantic. um, It's romantic to talk about the history and about uh, you know thinking about what you know intellectually and then tying that down into like a visceral experience. Um, you know, I think oftentimes you can theoretically think of something like really, really, you know, pristine and it's crystalline in your mind. But then when you actually experience it, it never kind of pairs up. So it's kind of like when you're discovering these flavors, tastes, aromas, and, you know, you're, you're drinking the wine, you're kind of matching um, your higher thoughts to the actual product. 
And it's fun. The more you know about it, the more you can be like, oh, it's just like, you know, was this exposed to, you know, a lot of like manganese or like, what was like the aspect uh, for the light hitting it? Did it see a lot of rot that year? Was it a very cold year? Was it a very warm year? Uh, you know, what are they doing with the trellising system uh, to make it taste like a little bit herbal, a little bit green? Mm-hmm. And so you can tie those things into it. Uh, but it's just like, you know, when you watch like sports and you know the entire team and you know the ins and outs of like everyone's career, it, it's, it's pretty much the same, same thing. thing. with wine? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like you enjoy it. It's like a hobby. But like if you don't know how the game is played, like cricket's probably a really boring game just to watch goals. <laughs> so that's why like, you know, you have to really kind of get into it. Well, also besides like the whole like knowledge aspect, I guess there is like a whole like, I guess sommelier competitiveness between other sommeliers. Yeah, I like that. Like too. that kind of game. Well, I mean, yeah. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm slightly competitive, but I'm I'm not competitive slightly to like. I'm mean, yeah. I'm, okay, so crazy. Well, I, I like to I like engagement. I yeah. like I like to be uh, sharp. I like to uh, exercise my brain. Um, recess was always my favorite class. You know, like I'd go out, I'd play, have fun, and you don't get to do that uh, with your brain in a lot of jobs. Like I couldn't do that with construction. Uh, but like when you're blind, I, I thought it'd be like, like a, like a, like a, who can lift heavier shit or type shit. Or I mean, like it, old. it kind of is. I mean, that, that certain people have certain facilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that like if you're, if you're six foot five and you've got really broad shoulders, probably going to lift more than most people, you know, <laughs> like, like there's this guy, Raj Parr, who's one of the best, most brilliant wine tasters happens to be Indian. Uh, and he can just smell the wine without even tasting it and just nails it. Every time? Nails it. Like not every time, no, but like, no. Of course not. Okay, but, but like he's he's really like very good at it. What I love about like the sommelier world is the way you guys describe the wine and the how competitive that is. It's an economy of words. To me, oh, that wow. to me that's that's like watching a fight, bro. That's not like, a worse for words. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, it gets like my blood rush, and I'm like, yo, bro, like what? Like, cause I, I, I slightly, you know, when you, when you get into that world, you slightly start to understand like all the lingo, everything they're saying, like because they'll just smell and off the smell they'll just start listing things that smell like that, things they know or come up with creative words and then they'll get points for it. It's like a point system, right? Yeah, you're talking about the grid. So the that's, grid, that's, yeah, a, that's the grid. a quarter master sommelier grid where it's like, you know, you smell terpenes and then you're like, ah, oh, damn, I smell terpenes. I can get like a bunch of points, like magnolia flowers or I can get like honeysuckle off this. You just list flowers. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's certain fun things you can do and tricks you can do, but like blind tasting is a parlor trick. Like it's, um, it's much more of, uh, the culture that you build within the restaurant and the culture that you build within the community, mm-hmm. uh, of diners. But there's a higher aspect of like sharing, like I said earlier, like the history of these regions and the farmers that grow them because it's an agricultural product too. Like I'm just as excited about tomatoes. Exactly. I just, they don't make me that much money. And that, and now also you're jumping into, um, you said you bought a, you bought a, a hotel, right? So I, we have, uh, there's an investor, the um, group um, called New Vision Partners, uh, who is a, a two couples, both husband, wife team that they uh, will buy properties. And then they also have a construction company on the side in which they'll refurbish it. Um, uh, this big engineering firm, and they do all these like really crazy fun projects. And they found this historic building in Washington, North Carolina. And um, I think they bought it for $75,000. Huge building, three stories, seventy five thousand, and the city paid them five hundred thousand dollars to renovate it. And so they're being pretty smart. They're like, "Great, that's awesome!" I'm basically making money off of that. 
Plus at the end of it, I get a really cool building. And so they were um, looking to uh, put a business in there. Mm-hmm. And so I flew down there to kind of consult and tell them what they should be doing. Uh, I advised them to get a, a contract management gig to have another restaurant group that's like local, that like is established okay. uh, to come and take over it for like, you know, 20% of So how, how did you, how did you know them? How did they get in contact with you? Um, uh, I do something called Sage Beverage um, Consulting LLC. It's like an LLC that um, I have that like a lot of like Psalms, bartenders, things like that. Like they'll, um, you know, work a day and they'll take all the recipes that they've ever learned and then like give them to a restaurant. Or like, you know, um, find like bespoke beverage solutions to problems that you might have. Like if your bar isn't ergonomically correct and your bartenders don't know how to be efficient, you can go and do like a training or you can reorganize the bar and things like that. Or if someone, you have a great bartender who's very charismatic, they have no idea about financial aspects of how to run the business (laughs) or depletions or major most most, because they get into it because they're very charismatic. Uh, And then I get to be the nerd that comes in and basically writes the book for them, breaks it down, tells them how to order, keeps them organized, you know, Department of Health type of things like that. But then also, like, I've obviously expanded beyond just beverage to go to, uh, you know, HR, um, you know, uh, anything like director of operations for different things, shipping, you know, uh, building kitchens, things like that. I remember you told me that when when we opened, when Sans was opening, right? Yeah. That's when you started? That's when I was really, I sunk my teeth into, like, actually, like, you know, putting what I've learned into, you know, practice. And I think it went pretty well. I mean, like Champ, uh, the chef, knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But I was only there for like two months and it ran itself yeah. for the most part. It had, operations were good. So yeah, for, for those who don't know, basically we, from the last restaurant we worked at, which was the Indian restaurant, we moved on to an all vegan restaurant, which was pretty much just two people running that. And then uh, one, one uh, chef in the back making all the food. Yeah. And we'd see how many people? Like uh, 45, maybe a night. 40 yeah like 45 like 45 people restaurant. and I, it, was, it was really small like kind of um but it was also with a with a chef from like 11 madison park like one of the top yeah he was he was one of the sous from 11 madison his his food is so his his i think food he's writing amazing. a book actually right now about he is it. writing a book yeah yeah, I, yeah he, i forgot why i texted him but yeah we, we did have like a few conversations back to back but yeah i mean this this dude was so smart and he's so humble he was like the nicest chef i've ever met but also like just really into like fresh produce like that's probably the one thing that would get him mad if he didn't have like fresh like good food to like to like it's very expensive (laughs) expensive but good food and like his he the thing is he would make vegan dishes taste like meat dishes or like even better than that like something completely new which to me was like wow like we had like uh the sans burger Seriously, which, which, yeah. which was serious, and again, no meat in there, completely vegan. Tasted like a like a better burger, like better Just than like the impossible burger. burger with oh, a okay. vegan brioche bun too, mm-hmm. like which is hard to do. I think we had we had somebody who lo- who only ate the impossible burger, and we had that in, and then we told them you'll try both side to side. We're not going to tell you which one has the impossible burger, but try both side to side, and then tell us which one you like more. And he ended up choosing Chef's Burger over the Impossible Burger wow. that he loves. I remember that. I was like, wow, like damn, like. Yo, people really love his food. That's one By the chef. way, that's when you started like the, the consulting. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, because a lot of the time, like you get paid for the hours in which you work. It's a grueling business. You know, you're putting hours and hours and hours into it. And at the end of the day, you've done the same thing you did basically yesterday. Yeah. Um, so you have to get out of it somehow. And the only way out is up uh, for the most part. So it's a, it's a better way to uh, utilize my time and also utilize all of my past experiences. I, th- I think if I could you know, give any advice to anybody is if you work at a place, take everything from them 
Uh, not just like all the intellectual property, not physical property, but like <laughs> take, yeah, property. take their concept, take their idea, take their mission statement, look at it and then rework it. Cause like, you know, great artists steal. I remember, yeah, I remember the, the first day, cause yeah, nothing's original. No. So it's like the first day he gives me, he gives me his list of cocktails, right? And I'm like, yo, this is like a holy grail right now. Holy grail moment. The holy and Bible he does George. this like in the manager's office, like in his little desk. He's like, hey, listen, he's like, he's like, I know you're going to steal everything. He's like, you know, just make it better. That's what I did at my last job. So just, yeah. So, yeah. just, so just do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, definitely, definitely, definitely going to, I definitely have, I definitely have done it. We, I, we experimented a lot, but um, beyond that, you went from Sons and then you went to um, that other restaurant. What happened to that restaurant? The Italian restaurant. So well, the, that place was very crazy to me. I was like, what the fuck? This so it was uh, LDV, uh, La Dolce Vita, uh, which has properties in London. They're opening up in I think Dubai. They're opening up in Rio de Janeiro. They're opening up. And they have like a line in, called Honda, which is uh, in uh, cruise Honda? ships. Honda, I mean wave in Italian. Okay. And then they have Dolce uh, Italian, which is down in Florida. They have American Cut in Philly and two in, in, in New York. Uh, and then they have Scarpetta, which is like their main brand. Scarpetta, that's the Which one. was like a small little mom pop, like Italian place. Seats like, you know, 130. Was, was, well, Scott Conant was there back in the day. And like, yeah. I was, I was, when it opened like 12 years ago, I was there opening week just randomly. Uh, the general manager of that place actually ended up being the general manager of No Man. Did they um, have like famous, like back in the day, they have like famous like mafia people that go in there? No. No? I mean, I mean uh, not then. <laughs> not then. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say about now. <laughs> but um, they, I think they made like $156 million uh, the year prior and they're one of the wealthiest businesses of restaurants and hospitality during covid and whereas, you know, they do a very good job. It's not necessarily like high echelon fine dining, mm -hmm. but they have one of the best Instagram social media games in the world because they're keeping their guests constantly engaged. And uh, wow. they're one of the only people that are actually opening restaurants during this time period. And so they, you know, I'd be down in Florida. I'd be up in Montauk. I'd be doing like crazy numbers. I bought- They uh, would do like the whole model situation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and which, which to me, like when I came to it, because I was like very arrogant about it, I was like, that's disgusting. You're going to have models that you're going to pay to come into the restaurant. They'd spend like $30,000 a week one time, just like having these models come in and they would like, you know, they'd have the spaghetti like dripping out of their mouth and they're all like, you know, super like skitty. And I was, I was like, and I'm a nerd. So I'm like, these girls are making me uncomfortable. It's art. <laughs> it's, art. It's, it's like, I don't understand this. This isn't see, about fine dining. You see everyone behind the camera. <laughs> Only is fans. This is art. Yeah. <laughs> But like they know, uh, they open my eyes to a totally different uh, side of social media and the importance of that. Very wickedly smart um, uh, in those ways. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'd order pallets, like shipping containers of rosé at a time, a week, like for the beach and it would just go. Like cases upon cases upon cases of champagne about volume. Um, like it was a lot. I think, I think the first year I got there and I, I got to use like, yeah, cause they had like an upstairs and it had like a down private. Yeah. And they had like and a, a, a speakeasy place. thing. And then, uh, you know, they've got like a, an enormously talented, uh, you know, group of people to work for them. But like, uh, I think, uh, I got to be, I got to use my like, um, metrics and ordering system. And I think we made one point, $3 million more in beverage alone in a single location. Are because they, are, are they still making a lot of money? They're still they're still making great still money. Making they could, they could, they could, uh, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't talk too much detail about it, but they could lose money for quite some time and still be great. That's great. Because they do wow. management contract deals. 
And that's the best thing. They basically they go to a hotel, you're a hotel, you're like, hey, we'll do an amazing restaurant. And they do do an amazing restaurant in your property, but just pay us for this determined amount of year. And, uh, you know, we'll take care of hospitality. We'll take 20% or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, if you shut down, contract still runs. So right now during COVID, the contracts are still running and they're still oh, generating. Oh, that's crazy. Um, which is so smart. The, the, the owner is um, brilliant. But it's he, also he's like, also a Cornell guy too. That's crazy. That's so yeah, it's all it's all the Cornell click. It's crazy because no nobody would ever think that like restaurants would sit here and like go under like the way they are now, bro. I mean, in New York City, I'm seeing so many places boarded up, so many businesses, so many like forty five percent of restaurants are deemed to probably close, and because also they're crippled too because they don't have the money to spend on the things they need to spend them on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the roughest time in the world, so you have to develop a business model that's flexible. Uh, you know, do delivery, but do delivery very very well lower the price point, make sure that you can do catering and offsites. Like we would do events. Me and a chef would prep all the stuff in the kitchen. Chef did most of it. Um, and then we drive out to Montauk uh, for like 16 people and we charge $10,000 because they couldn't leave their house and they have these giant houses and they want to entertain. And we just go there and do it. And it was fantastic. And it was very profitable. Very few people were doing that or playing that game. Yeah, but they're just like, what can we do to have money? And what they had, the best thing was, is they would have meetings every week where they get together saying, what are we doing? What did we do good last week? What did we do good this week? And they genuinely put the brain trust together uh, to apply their intellect to problems. No restaurant does that. Not a lot. We didn't even no, do that. We didn't, no, do that. we didn't do that. at all. We had a bunch of independently smart people, but when you're talking about giant corporations, you have to utilize the team. Team, yeah. And so that's the important so what made you want to leave? My own place. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I mean, so yeah. did, did you just recently leave? Like uh, once you bought the place? Yeah, I, 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 my last week of employment was last week. Oh, wow, really? So this is, that, this is the first time I've been unemployed in years. That's so crazy. In years. That's I grew so a, I grew a beard. You've never seen me in a beard. I've never seen you in a beard. I, I see, I'm, I see always wearing right suits. I'm like, yo, yeah. Well, like, I want to see you with, I now want to see you without a beard now. <laughs> no, I love this. This is great. Not shaving? Like, imagine not shaving. No shave November. He he took that to heart, bro. He took that to heart. No, it's wonderful. He's got the overalls. He's festive. He's looking festive today. I've never, I've never seen this this side of him. It's crazy. I'm comfortable. And like, you know, that's another thing. Like uh, working for yourself allows you freedom to be you as opposed to conforming to a larger group, which I've Mm -hmm. always, it's been, it's exhausting to do. Because when you play like a management role, you have to conform to that role. Like a good reason I would never hang out with anybody, even though if I liked them or not, was because, you know, shit happens. Like, you know, one person gets drunk, then they get upset, and then where's the, where's the liability? Especially where's the lawsuit? The re- where's the, the litigation? Industry. Yeah. You know, imagine how many unstable, you know, people we might mutually oh probably already know oh put that my. in a dangerous situation. And then, oh my, you know? <laughs> no, I talked about this, bro. I talked about this shit. Yeah. And, and it's real. <laughs> um, if I was a bad person, I could go into a uh, bad restaurant and create a scenario in which I could generate a lawsuit. Easy. Because no managers are really prepared for this type of litigation or how to protect from it. Mm -hmm. Because no one's really trained on, you know, HR. On HR, yeah. They're really good servers, so they get promoted to be a manager. But no one knows HR. And and that's the whole thing with, like, industries, I guess. Like, a lot of of hosts get hit on too much by, like, certain managers or, like, other staff. And, like, you know, they don't train, like, HR, like you said. So, like, they don't really... You were always very like on a lookout for that. Like, yo, like it's very professional, everything like about this professional. Even when we went out, it was more of like a learning experience. It was like a fucking like, let's go. Like, yeah, we're having fun. We're not, we're not on the clock, but we're also here to like learn like your first speakeasy. Yeah. 
you know field trip field field trip type of situation <laughs> and i'm like yo that i mean that shit that shit was that's really really fun but um yeah i don't think i don't think a lot of people like understand that side where it's like yo don't fuck around with people you work with especially in the service industry because that shit happens a lot it comes to bite you in the ass bro yeah it does i've been bitten in the ass as y'all know from one of the episodes I forgot what episodes oh oh i, I had a, a episode titled nightmare employee oh yeah and when christian was here yeah, 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 yeah. nightmare oh, yeah. employee you know who we're talking about. He brought her on. And yo, the fucking, the worst experience I've ever had in my life, bro. That shit was scary as shit. Super scary. Pretty much. One of like, traumatized. Somebody that I think was my friend. I've never done anything bad to her. Said anything, like nothing wrong at all. Backstab you. Backstab me. For no reason. For no reason, bro. That That's the thing that gets to me the most. Like I have no idea why, bro. Like if I even had like an inclination on why. Like maybe like, all right, cool. Maybe it would make sense. You know, maybe I'd be apologetic or maybe, you know, I'd kind of understand it. I'd let it go or something, but like no idea. And that's my thing is like, I warn everybody like, yo, you just don't know when that, when just a regular person is going to come to a restaurant flip and flip. They're going to be, going to befriend you and then try to take you out of that position Crazy. immediately. What's your yeah. take on that when that whole thing happened? He was gone, bro. Really? He hired her and dipped to India. It's like, fuck Jesus. this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't have to deal with it and then when she came back she's pretty much gone no that's not oh. true I hired her again <laughs> I hired oh, again? Really? <laughs> again? yeah did she move to California? wait which one was oh that one Adeline oh, oh damn. <laughs> I can't politically speak about that oh, okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> I can't politically speak about that you can't well here's the thing you can't, you um, can't. To, to, to that exact circumstance um, very uh, talented person is dating uh, an enormously uh talented individual i don't know if you know who she was dating before yeah no i did yeah and yeah, then, yeah. you know like i actually i actually liked the dude in the uh because he had a show morgan harris yeah yeah he had a show and i i was really rooting for him bro i was like before i met anybody like yeah i, I like you got me into the sommelier world so like me me and he's uh who i learned from um he he was the i worked at a wine bar with him uh, just before he got it certified, it was called Tangled Vine on the Upper East Side. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, because he was a big intellect, um, and I was not an intellect. I'm still not an intellect. And he would sit there at the bar and he'd be like, Meh, you know, the, la, 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 la. and he'd sit there for like five, 20 minutes talking to the guest. No drinks were made. Nothing was served. This guy didn't do anything. But what I was like, oh, fuck, well, he's entertaining. He's super smart. So I would run around him and do everything around him <laughs> because I was like, well, at least I can do that because this guy's so smart. Like I can just run around him and do all that cool stuff, um, which worked out great because I also was learning from him as he was doing Zoom. these like really fun, engaging spiels. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously I caught up to him to a certain extent, but uh, so, so, you know, he, 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 uh, so he's someone I just, you could never do wrong by. Because he also, he also has like a lot of political weight as well. Okay. Um, but uh, so I think they were at a break. They broke up or yeah. something. So I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know. Break, they were whatever. on some weird shit. She decided to fuck around with my cousin. I don't no, know. no, not even. She, bro, she fucked around with the whole bar, bro. Well, Let's be honest. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, uh, healthy sexual engagement amongst peers. I don't mind. No, that at now we're trying to get them all fired after you fuck with them. Well, did she try trying to get to you guys fired? The whole gang. What did she do? Manny. All right, so this is what she tried to oh, do damn. with Manny because she was fucking with Manny first. I didn't know this shit. I, I mean, I didn't care either way. Like this I, is a I, lot of laundry. I felt yeah. I'm not this is a lot of laundry. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just bleep name, names out. I don't care. Right. But <laughs> but um, 
so yeah, she would fuck around with 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 Manny, right? The my the guy the guy that I worked with, the guy behind the bar was me, Manny, and then we had and then we just we were just bringing on Christian, right? Yeah, and then we brought her on. Um, you know, I guess we just brought her on as like a new person to mm-hmm. like also be a part of the team because you were leaving India. But she wanted to learn, so, and she was a very uh, talented sommelier too. So she says she was fucking around with Manny, all right? Because like after day one, I think we all went to like PJ Carney's where we just went to drink. Uh-huh. Like obviously they were like fucking around or whatever. So it it was what it was. It didn't matter. Consent, that, consenting adults. N- yeah, knowing Manny, you know, and Manny's history with women, bro, laundering this shit out too, bro. It, just, <laughs> it never goes fucking well. So next week. We're over here. All right, they're not. They don't. They can't even work next to each other. Oh, sh- yes, they you're right. They can't even work next to each so other. So I'll bro. tell you exactly how I approached this. I was like, I don't care. I, I, I literally, I intentionally did not try to find out information. Yeah. So yeah, I could, yeah. I could just be like, hey, you two are, you know, both uh, great professionals. I noticed there's some tension. Uh, I think like one of them would come up to me or the other, maybe both of them at that time. I think it was only, I feel like it was only like her, like just literally coming up and just trying to stab him as much as she could in the back. I mean, there was the thing is this like, this happens a lot in restaurants where like there's a lot of drama, lots of tension. As, as yeah, a lot of tension. As a manager, like we don't re- we don't really bro, yeah. we, don't, okay. we don't really we don't really care. We're just like, is the job done? Yeah, will it get through? Is it impeding service? Is it impeding uh, the health and well being of the rest of the staff? That's what we care about. So like. Because we were a bar and we're kind of like a little family, mm-hmm. I was like, I just keep it in the family as long as shit isn't crazy. You guys will work it out. You guys are all adults. Cersei and Jamie shit. You know, deal with it. <laughs> but uh, then I remember like something else happened. And even like me being aloof and not wanting, like, I think something happened with a like, Christian or something. Did something happen with Christian? Yeah, she fucked around with Christian too. And then, and then like, it was like this triangular, you know, drama Dude, love so now, circle. now we're all in a fucking circle, bro. I'm, I'm over here just like, I'm, I'm just a fucking casualty of war at this point. Literally, because she was fucking around. They couldn't even see each other. They couldn't bury each other. Obviously, she tries to befriend me. You know, obviously, I'm training her. She's, she's also befriended Christian. She tries to become a part of our circle. We're all hanging out. We're all chilling. She hooks up with Christian. It is what it is. Fuck it, whatever. And then, and this is all fine. The part was, all right, we're going, we're going to get drinks. In the middle of those drinks, she gives a spill. She's like, yo, Manny's not working out for this team. She's like, yo, like, I don't think Manny should be here. Like, he's not really doing this. He's not batching. He's not doing syrups. He's blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, maybe we should talk with Daniel. He's like, George, you should talk with Daniel. You know, you're pretty cool with him. You know him. I'm like, bro, I'm like, listen, bro. I'm like, I don't care who you think I am or what who I am, bro. I'm like... Manny has a position where it's like, I don't know what the fuck he could do, bro. Like he could punch Danny in the face and not get fired. But I'm also like, he also does like a lot of shit that like we don't really understand that like adds to the team. So I'm like, either way, like I have no problem with him. But like, I knew that, I noticed that. I'm like, oh, she, she's trying to turn this like knife on and like get it, getting the bar, like she befriended the bar team yeah. to like kind of get this guy fired. Cool. That didn't work. That's fine, bro. So she's fucking around with Christian. I don't know where, I guess there's this, we bit attention between Manny and Christian, but at the end of the day, they're Eskimo brothers. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Eskimo brothers. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, they, they, they just squashed the beef immediately. The only beef they had with each other was just maybe like just work tension shit. Yeah. Like just work based strictly. You know, that went away. And then I don't know where fucking Christian falls head over heels for this fucking girl. And then she decides to end things, I guess, and get back with her ex. You know, the sommelier dude. I, which, think, they're, I think they're getting married. Congratulations. Which... <laughs> Oh wow! Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! I don't know her, but I'm like, wow, damn. Fuck your marriage, bro. Oh damn! They're, Fuck that bitch. They're they're a lovely tall couple. <laughs> damn. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know this care. girl at all. And uh, from the story you guys been telling me, I'm like, yo, I don't even want to meet this girl at all. But congratulations, man. Congratulations, dude. Like, she's a cool, she's a cool person, bro. But she's that kind of person that walks into work and it's like, oh, I, I'm a princess. I want everything done for me. Oh my god. Like, I could do it myself. I'm yeah. very capable. I, I, I'm also independent as fuck. But I want you guys to do it for me because like, I'm cute or some shit. You know what I'm saying? That's the way she tried to run it. Yeah. But either way, you know, going out of that for some reason they broke up and then. She out of nowhere hits me, hits me like one day completely out of the blue, hits me with that whole like harassment thing. Oh, that was you. That was me, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she set that up from day one. Well, the very smart people can, if you, like I said, if you're very smart and you feel, uh, you know, hurt or you feel that you can't uh, affect your working environment, there are ways to do it that um force certain circumstances yeah and i don't find that to be a good tactic but people that find that they're in a um uh a scenario which they just can't change and it's uh, they feel that it's unhealthy and they feel that action isn't taken to make it better they act out in in ways like you know i'm not gonna say exactly that yeah because I, I i'm still partial i don't know exactly what happened whatever but um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, I've seen that so many. Yeah, times. you 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 weren't you weren't even here. I don't I yeah. don't even think you were. I think you had just gotten back when I was dealing with this whole situation because yeah. it was up to the man, other managers to deal with. But but it, pretty much, she, all right. This was this was this was her thing. I mean, really, it was just about it's the like, fiber of one's character that I think often gets overlooked. To say, hey, if it's a bad situation, um, I'm going to be proactive and actually have an open conversation, openly deal with this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people nowadays. They just uh, go for easy ways out to deal with the circumstance because they feel like they don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. There's easier way. I think it's a lot uh, harder and it's a lot more um, productive if you genuinely do the hard work and say, hey, let's have you know, someone um, you know, uh, mitigate the situation and just be uh, an impartial observer. We'll have the conversation. We'll talk about this or talk about that. And we'll actually go through it and we'll establish, do we still want to work together? Do I still want to work here? And then at the end of the day, they have to own up to their own character if they continue to do bad behavior or if they go on a better path. See, that, that's the professional, polite way to put about it. But this is what happened. Society <laughs> and, doesn't even do that. Look and, at this in the environment. <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm give you just, real, just real, real quick, real quick, one, two, All three, right. look, look. So look, she said real quick like, that I sent her text messages that were complete lies, right? And so I got sat down and I got confronted about this. During that meeting, right, they confronted me about the, the messages that I sent her. Pulled out my phone. Mm-hmm. These are fucking lies, right? Boom. Immediately, I was good. I was in the good, bro. Like, I had evidence. I'm like, yo, let me just pull out my phone. Let me show the messages she's talking about. Boom, 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 right? I was like, there's nothing here that implicates me to what she just said. She is a liar. I do recall that information right? is accurate. Yeah. Cool. So that happened. I was good. I still had to work with her. She was good for whatever fucking reason she was good. She felt the tension like she's a liar because she was a liar. So then she ended up leaving. And that was the situation at the end of the day. But I just had to deal with that fucking bullshit. And again, we were friends, bro. Up until one day, they just called me down the office. And I got like almost excommunicated from the restaurant for these lies that she put on. And if I had not shown my text messages that moment, who knows what would fucking happen to me, bro. I probably would. I could have been fired. Because of what she said. Like, for real. That's why you got to hold your uh, cards tight. 
Bro, for yeah. real, for real. And yeah. I, I'm so happy. I'm like, yo, I'm, I don't delete my messages and shit. Like, I keep that shit because I'm, I'm real. I've gotten that almost after the first situation, after, you know, Jolie, you know, like the the first person I ever, I ever like almost fucked around with working. Like, I was like, nah, I'm never doing this again. Never doing this again. So when I saw Christian and Manny doing it, I'm like, yo, whatever, just keep me the fuck out of it. I don't care. But <laughs> then I'm like, yo, like I'm a repercussion of this, bro. Like out of, out of both of y'all, like I really tried my hardest to stay out of it. So I was like, ah, Fuck that. But yo, this is this is work shit, bro. This is this is like the like long time ago, like years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, years, yeah it's like years ago. I just don't like the girl. I don't care. Like doesn't yeah. matter, like, you know. Don't hold the grudge, let it go. Yeah. Let's just let it go. This is gonna be the last thing to talk about her. Let it go, man. Let it go. It's been years, man. Let it go. I'm sure you both have blossomed into amazing individuals. Hey, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe she equally learned from the situation and pulled good things from that too. Who knows? <laughs> no, she, Hopefully she does. No, I mean she's getting married, so you know. <laughs> Again, I'll, I'll send. I'll send my uh, my gift, uh, the wedding gift. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Morgan, bro, if you want to have a good time, bro. <laughs> I know P. I know. Girl, I know Shorty. <laughs> that, 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 that. These are people I respect. <laughs> these are people. Right, I, right, these right, are people right. I like. I, I, <laughs> All right, cool. I'm, I'm bleeping names out. Fuck that. I'm not getting yeah, yeah, no good. no political shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck. Oh, that's fucking funny. Oh, yeah, man. Shit. All right, man. I messed around with someone at work once, and I married their. I married them. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the way I to do them. it. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, you gotta marry them. That's it. Yeah. He knew. He knew what he got himself into. It was done. That's it. How did that go about? Actually, I want to know about that because now you have a kid. You know. Interesting enough, I, I, I lied as well. I did the same thing I did with bartending that I did with her. Wait, what's the lie? Did she even call you with that lie? Because uh, I was doing. Uh, I was trying to do uh, massage school, and I was like, you know, I was doing like, you know, uh, my, my line was like. I know wine and I do massages and I've traveled the world. <laughs> How old were you? How old were you? I don't. I, I don't know. I was like I was twenty one. She was. She was. No, I was. I was. I was younger. No, I was twenty one. I was twenty one. She was like twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Okay. And uh, you know, I uh, was making a ton of money uh, at the jobs I was working at, um, and uh, took her to Paris for like three weeks. Instantly, like afterwards, spent three weeks in Paris. It was like awesome. And then a couple, I think. Within six months, we were married. But uh, what I was doing, um, uh, like, you know. What? And you're still married right now, right? Yeah, still married. Just yeah, had a kid. Still married. They just had a kid. I yeah. know. I'm just thinking, oh, okay, okay, well, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't know. Yeah. Yes, I'm still married. Um, <laughs> nice. But, uh, and it probably kept me out of a lot of trouble because I would have easily probably gotten into a lot of trouble <laughs> being in, in the bartending sommelier community. So probably that's the only reason I'm, I'm successful. Is I remember when she, when she started working, you were like, oh, yeah, that's my sister. <laughs> he, told everybody, he told everybody that's his sister and we just walk away wouldn't like because I was super intimidated I was like I was like don't fuck with her my sister because I didn't I also didn't want it to be like oh he's favoring her for something yeah, yeah, yeah so I yeah, wanted yeah. to create like an, an image of like uh, yeah there's some kind of connection but like just don't mess with that person <laughs> or else yeah, which, yeah, it worked. You know, no one. No, he's no, a no. manager, so he can't really, you know, do all that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know so just show up in the back, back of the restaurant at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like that's that's essentially how it happened. But all right, so like, all right, so I, I'm 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 in a relationship. Edwin is seeking, you know, relationship advice as well. I'm sure. And you're married. You're one of the few people that I know that I guess has been married for like a long time. You know, made made like it work. Eleven like, years. Yeah. How did you know, like, six months in? Like, you don't know. Are you crazy? You don't know? What do you know about no anything way. in anyone's life? I don't fucking know shit. What do you, when you eat <laughs> breakfast in the morning, do you really know? So you what, what came <laughs> upon your decision to be like, all right, I'm doing this? This is the girl. This is the one. 
I, or not even this one. Just I'm getting married. I, it was it was more of just um, it's the same thing I'm talking about. Like I have the same character flaw. I I like putting myself in uh, intense situations and then uh, seeing how I come out at the other side. And that is a great scenario for marriage. I think that you put yourself in a scenario that you're not aware of and you mm-hmm. don't know. And probably each relationship is very distinctly different because they're not all the same. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you either stay in it or you have times in which you don't want to be in it and you go back and forth and you deal with it and you evolve as, you know, two people. And, uh, you know, no one's harder on you than the person you're with. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, like, you become more responsible, you become better, you become um, uh, a more well-rounded, more patient person. Like, I'm not a patient person by, you know, instinct. I can be patient only because I've been married to someone for 11 years and, like, you know, you have to wait for them for an hour when they're oh, going dude, anywhere. I fucking, you know? I fucking and, remember. OD, we'd be... We'd be, I mean, Daniel's not, Daniel's a little impatient. Like, so a little impatient when, is like the biggest, like, <laughs> understatement when, ever when he wants things done. So, I remember one day she's working down in the cellar and then she just, she just politely, like, slightly hints, like, you know, we're basically it's her really just taking out the whip where she was like, Daniel, you're not being nice right now, bro. And he just changed up immediately. And I'm like, damn, bro, I'm like, this is a powerful lady right here, bro. Because you got to agree <laughs> to, like, yeah, you have to agree that you genuinely want the things that you talk about. And the thing mm-hmm. is, you can't hide them from the person you're married with. And if you're someone who like, I like being right. You know, when I talk about competitiveness, yeah. I like, but ultimately, where does that really end up? It's not who is right, but what is right. You're chasing higher ideals. So it went from, oh, I'm better at this, I'm better at this, to what is the better thing? Yeah. And so, you know, obviously being an impatient asshole isn't the better thing. Better thing yeah. It's not the better thing. I want to be a good manager. I want to be a good leader. I want to have this. So really genuinely, what do you need to do? And you have to fucking tough it up and not be an asshole. 1000%. No, I, I, I learned from that. I was like, oh shit, bro. I'm like, he's right. Cause you can't just force something to happen. Like, you know, you need to take a step back and look at it. And the way you talk about relationships is like the way I just talk about like with any relationship, right? It's just like, you kind of jump into it, not knowing, not, not knowing where you're going to get out of it but you just keep trying every day. And like you said, like through the failures, like you're going to keep growing. And it's like, you're not going to just keep shoving it in something that doesn't work or like being impatient. You're going to learn to like get back and be more patient. And like, I guess slowly fall in love with that person like every day on like little things. But um, my, my just thing like about marriage in general is like, I love that about relationships. I love like that about like, in a sense, like marriage, my only scared, scared, my scaredness comes from like, yo, I feel like that piece of paper. It's like, if you get divorced, like then it's just like about money. And it's just like about like all this other shit that like shouldn't be involved with like the relationship with one person. Yeah. The institution of marriage as, as you know, a piece of paper and all of that is bullshit. Like mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's completely, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. You jumped in it. Uh, I, I jumped in it, but that's just because, um, society is what it is today and you know to a certain extent we all have to conform into society so that uh you know we can go along with things fuck bro he's talking me into it bro like this this is the way my girl's talking me into it and shit but (laughs) i'm so against it but like she's so for it and like now i'm slowly like opening up and seeing like all right cool like you know it's not it's not what i think it was it's not like what my parents had you know it's not like it could be something deeper and it could be something better yeah yeah so it's like, and I, I feel like you see that too, but like, what, 
how did you even go about it? Like, would you wake up one day and was like, yo, let's get married? Or did you like have like a plan? How, how did it came up to it? How did it come Yeah, did you like, like the proposal, like the engagement? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> come on. Did you propose to her like I, 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 or after? I did you have a ring? No. No? Okay. No, oh, not at all. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I still don't even wear a ring. Um, it's bad for your hand circulation. That's the only reason I don't wear <laughs> nice. Get a bigger ring. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, uh, we, we connected over the sense of like, we wanted to be better people. And I think that's kind of how it, it came about. Um, we, it was just kind of like, we casually mentioned it. And then like, you know, when you're like, you're like, when you have like a dare and you dare somebody, you're like, oh, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's drive to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the car and then the other person gets in the car and then you start driving and then, uh, you know, the, the turn off comes and, uh, you keep on driving and then all of a sudden it's just, you're married. That's crazy. Like, oh, crazy. like you know, it's so poetic. Yeah. It was like, we allowed the situation to happen. And, uh, I think actually like a year and a half after we were already married, we were like looking at each other and we're like, we didn't do any of the stuff that we should have done before this. Yeah. And we had to deal with the fact that we were in a marriage yet at the same time, we hadn't spent years together. We had only been together like six something months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like there were multiple, uh, you know, epochs in the relationship of evolution and change. Um, do I believe in, you know, marriage as, you know, the United States government believes in like the paper. Not, I mean, no. what, what would sell me on it? What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I do taxes. believe no I, I, taxes. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I do think that like, you know, uh, all the rights are like, if I die, obviously you should have everything. Um, but divorce in itself. No, it's not pretty because, yeah. you know, uh, I think I just had a kid, you know, separation of, you know, who has custody and what that's it's vicious. Yeah. And if you decide to break up, uh, just like, you know, certain people, uh, that we worked with breakups, uh, can be bad if both sides don't have good character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to really say, do I trust this person not to burn me or to do well by me, even if things are bad? Like, are they capable of going low or are they the type of person that uh, even if they hate you, they're still not going to go below their own standards that you believe in? Yeah. And that's kind of the litmus test. And you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You never know. You never you know going to turn into that. But I also feel like, I, I mean, obviously I know Christine, like, you know, from a little bit also like. You know, she, fo- she follows and like she, she supports that, I feel like, sometimes. But also, she's just like a, she's a great person. And like the way I hear her speak, speak about you was also very highly and like very much like I always felt like, yo, like this is like this is somebody like that I, I'd want to be with. Like somebody speaks to me about this. Somebody sees me like in almost in the way she did. Because like, I mean, there are moments where you're like, you're not around and she'd be like, oh, like, you know, Daniel had, you know, he wears the same like um, shirt every day. It was something small like that. Like something just really small. She'd be like, we wear the same shirt every day. So I got him this new shirt so he could wear a new shirt. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like she really thinks about like the shirt, like the shirt he wears every day. And I'm like, everybody knows Daniel wears the same fucking like suit like three days out of the fucking week. But like she's thinking about like his shirt. So she's like thinking about like how to like make you better, I guess, or like cleaner, you know, like. Yeah, she's thinking about. She fills in all the the gaps that I would miss out on my own. Yeah, exactly. So like that. You know, makes I'm a much like, nicer person team. because of her. Exactly. And she's a, a much more badass person because she's with me. <laughs> uh, actually, no, she's always been a badass. But uh, yeah, so that's, that, you got to find someone that's like that. And, you know, it's, it's never perfect. Uh, no people are perfect. That's what it is. So how, how about this whole um, kid situation? How did you, 
how'd you guys, I guess, find out about that? Or how'd you like, I, you know, I've, I've fatherhood now. I, I don't believe people should have kids nowadays just because the world is so overpopulated. Um, and like, I've always had that kind of thought, but at the same time, like, you know, you want to, um, leave something behind and you want people to have a better impact on the world than what you've done. And like me, I've just been trying to make it. I've been trying to hustle. I've been trying to do that. And uh, a lifetime of hustle doesn't mean that you've made the world a better place. It just means Mm -hmm. that you've achieved personal goals. But, you know, I think the way that we educate and I love educating, I love teaching. uh, I feel like I could do that with my own child to hopefully make sure that they're an engineer and they like, you know, create a system that sucks out carbon and then, you know, we don't have to deal with greenhouse gases or, or whatever, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So like you, you kind of want that. And then also the idea of having a family and the idea of, you know, finding someone uh, to, to give your love to is um, impacting because you don't always have it. It's not readily available. You know, so as you get older, you start to like, feel like this way. Like, the fuck you call me old. Man? No, I'm calling old, bro. I'm saying like old. <laughs> bro. Yes. Yeah. You're totally right. You're absolutely right. As you I mean, are, you can say as you're evolving later on. Yeah. You can say that. <laughs> yeah I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's the case. It's, I mean, it's, it's my case. Um, you know, I'm still at the exact way I got married. I don't know. It scares me to death. I have to, uh, you know, I, when I see her sleeping at night, she's so still that I think she's dead. But I feel like I have to make, I'm, every parent does this. Yeah, every parent does. Your parent, I'm sure you're like, you know, Christian, I'm sure he's seen like his son oh, laying in bed and be like, oh, he's so still. What did I fuck up? <laughs> you know, like, and so it's, it's scary and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, I'm happy that I did it. It's great. It's wonderful, but it's scary because mm-hmm. you don't know if you can support, um, you support them, support them, especially with the economy nowadays. Like I feel comfortable now that I could do it. Yeah. If I was still where I was five years ago, probably not. No, I probably yeah, five years you know ago, what yeah. I mean? You want to be, you know, secure enough to be able to actually give them a good life and give them a good setup. Yeah. Because I was, I lived in like a trailer and like I was in uh, the worst place of Arkansas. Uh, I had a rough childhood. And so I wouldn't want that. Uh, I didn't have a father growing up at all. Um, so, you know, through that, and maybe this is just selfish. I get to understand what a father is like by being a father. Mm-hmm. And you have that kind of vision of like, what would I do if I was a dad? What would it uh, you know, mean to me if I was a kid having a dad? Yeah. And so you kind of actually get to you know, embody a little bit of that. And that's kind of exactly, exciting. Yeah. You know? yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not a dad, but I always think like, or like I, haven't, I hadn't grown up with a father either. I like grew up with like a really strong mother, but- Mothers. Yeah, mothers. <laughs> mothers, mom, if you're watching this, because mom always supports this shit. But anyways, like- I feel like, yo, like I need, I need to make sure that I don't make my kid into a pussy, bro. Whether she's a girl or a guy, like I need to put them through like some sort of struggle or like they can really learn at a young age, like working hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like that way they really get. How would you do it? What? How would you do it? Manual labor, like picking up boxes, like bringing them upstairs, downstairs, like probably um, one of the things I've seen, like uh, again, Logan Paul, you don't know who he is, but like Logan Paul was just talking about his, he's, he's just a big celebrity YouTuber. And he was just talking about like how his father, how he would, how his father um, would renovate houses mm-hmm. and they'd buy hoarder houses, right? Because they're easy flips. So he'd make, he'd make both his kids like, you know, go in there and really just get the gunk out and like clean it up and like anything, they, anything valuable they find, they get to keep and sell it online and they'll make a profit off that, yeah. which is super easy to do nowadays, which would be like, you know, a great learning experience on how my kid could learn how to invest, mm-hmm. right? You find something valuable, you hold on to it, you make sure it's clean, it's good, 
and then you can flip it later on online very simply and you just made money off that yeah. and but then also like the actual physical labor of them going inside like the crib like they felt like that made them hard workers and i feel like me working in restaurants me picking up boxes me you know doing what i have to do grinding and then on the side learning about investing has really like helped me like grow as a person and like pretty much be able to do everything i have here bro like like i always talk about like the podcast how we literally started this with just an idea like six months ago we didn't know anything about like audio equipment or like recording or like premiere pro or like no this is a serious setup yeah, yeah, no, this is serious. Nice. Yeah. This is all fucking like Joe Rogan shit. So I'm like, yo, let me take the money I saved. You know, I'm going to talk about investing the stock market too. Cause like, you know, during COVID, I think that was like the serious time to put money in. And I, and I was just waiting on that stock market crash. There might be another one. Who the fuck knows? Either way, I'm more of a long-term thinker. I'm not like a short-term um, thinker where I just put my money in and out. So when I do give like advice like that, I just think about long-term. Same thing from my kids. Like when I'm, if I ever have a kid, I want him to think long-term as well. You know, not just like very short minded, you know, the way we are on Instagram and TikTok is just like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Like we want immediate um, gratification, gratification. It's yeah. the marshmallow test. You give a kid, uh, you say, hey, I'll give you a marshmallow now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. He's a marshmallow. Yeah. yeah. So you give it, you say, you, you say I'm going to give you a marshmallow now. You can have it now. Or if you wait, I'll give you two marshmallows. Oh, yeah. And so you let them sit there in the room and if they eat it, then they don't get two marshmallows. But if they wait. They get two. And they get two. Yeah. They get two. And they tracked these little kids that did this test and the people that waited for two because they could have uh, the character to, uh, you know, not have instant gratification. Mm-hmm. They were almost across the board more successful. That's great. And yeah. that's what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach them that like, you know, a little bit of investment of work now mm-hmm. holding in and, uh, you know, learning these lessons pays off. Yeah. But I feel like I didn't have that until literally I worked in the fucking restaurant. I was just like, dude, I want the quick money, bro. Like I want to make a hundred, a thousand dollars like a week. I want to get to whatever my mom's making like as soon as I can. And I don't care. And I want to understand how much hard work and labor that's going to be. And then I was like, damn, like it's, it's not going to work unless like I sit back and like- What's really the moral in that though? In, in my kids doing that? No, what's the moral in getting the quick money and having instant gratification? Like where is the journey in that as a person? Oh, as like, there was nothing. I'd, I'd, always, yeah. I'd, I'd, always hit, I'd always hit like a wall, like always hit a wall. And then like, I would feel very depressed about it where I'm like, damn, like now I feel stuck. Now I feel like I don't know what to do. You know, now, now like I, my whole life depends on this one thing where I haven't diversified enough into other, into other sources, right? Where it's like, okay, cool. If this fails, cool. Now I have these four things to back up on, Yeah. you know? And I didn't have that back then, but like through the hard work, I'm like, fuck through hustle, like through starting something and just having it fail and then doing again doing this for five, four, six different things. Now I have a bunch of different things that I can just back up on and I can uh, also earn that financial freedom to a certain extent, you know, or I could do whatever I want. It's the, the hero's journey. Like, you know, Joseph Campbell? No. <laughs> so Joseph Campbell is this historian. He basically looks at all human history. So you have the hero's journey, which is his big, you know, thing he talks about. You start in one place, you go through trials and tribulations, and eventually you end up exactly in the same place that you started, but you're different. Uh, mm. and that I mean that's like every like you know Odyssey and all of that stuff going to you know Fast and the Furious <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> they start off in the beginning one place but they end up totally different um, but yeah that's, that's you gotta go through the journey I love the journey bro the journey could be good could be bad but it's a it's a good nice journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway you got you got any questions for our guests bro uh, honestly no I'm just hearing you guys about your the past his and no I, honestly no not really at all <laughs> nothing oh, what about alright so 
today actually today we were talking about like um we want edwin to like start like an llc for his business and he was yes. actually wondering about how to how I to do that, that because it's so easy remember he really? he bought a, a, a what a three cameras we were talking about yeah, yeah, camera, yeah, right? about, yeah. yeah. About, yeah. 50 yeah. bucks 50 bucks to get your own llc really yeah man it's easy bucks go to um oh what I, i'm trying to think of you there, there's a a company that you can actually i paid like 250 bucks but they do all of like your taxes and they get a bundle and you can like go to GoDaddy and get your like website and everything like looped in. You just have to do quarterly statements, quarterly statements. Um, and then you have to do your end of the year statements. If you do like TurboTax at the end of the year, I mean, essentially, if you're doing like, uh, you know, equipment, you're basically doing invoices. Mm-hmm. So you basically submit the invoices, you get the payment, you show the bake statements, and then you pay the tax on the invoices. That's essentially all you have to do. So it's actually pretty easy to mm-hmm. run an LLC. We also, we also do have like an, a CPA. Yeah. So like he could help us out with that part, I guess. I'm for sure. Like uh, if I could actually do it, then no. Yeah, because what I was telling him was like pretty much like since his camera equipment, like this is nice equipment. Yeah, like these are nice. A lot of shit. Like these are expensive and nice. Yeah, Yeah, they're expensive and nice. And when I saw that dog, the pit bull come in a couple minutes ago, I was like, Yeah, I know this guy is trusting. (laughs) Like oh my god, (laughs) this guy is trusting. So, oh, I mean, what I was saying is like, basically, if he, if he buys these for his business, which mm-hmm. right he obviously off. uses, he can write them off, right? Yeah, you can write them and off. And then he can just, essentially, you're saving yourself money in that sense, right? Dude. I mean, you, you do end up having to pay cash out of pocket, but it does come out of uh, a deductible at deductible, the end of the year. yeah. And there's a certain percentage of deductibles you can have based on your business. All right, all right. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you help me out, George, or some like, shit. I would definitely appreciate it. Like, I, would, I never thought about LIC. I know you always talk yeah, about Yeah, I don't LIC. know. Today, I'm just like, yo, I'm like, why the fuck did... Because yeah. I've been doing like my, I've been doing my, my, my little business since like, like last year, December. And then but now it's taken off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ever since I got this new camera, like I, my business was slowing down, mm-hmm. but then it's getting, it's getting wrapping back up now. So I'm like, okay. And mm-hmm. then he told me about the LAC. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, I, well, I never thought of it. Because think about credit. Like banks, if you get good enough credit and you have a small business, yeah. that's going which, to help you get better and better which credit. Also like that's what we've talked about pretty much like episode one is how to build your credit. Where like I and he's a perfect example where his credit score was at what when we met six fifty six fifty and I gave him like all the advice. What are you at right now? Seven twelve. Yeah, seven twelve. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it's like pretty much just using you know opening up credit cards. I I like to do like what people call credit card hacking, mm-hmm. which pretty much you get like uh like a Chase Sapphire preferred right. Mm-hmm. You get sixty thousand points for spending three thousand dollars in um three months. Mm-hmm. So like a thousand dollars a month. Right, whatever your car car insurance or like just anything that's auto pay, you pay that off. You get sixty thousand points. You get a free trip to Hawaii or like yeah. California or like yeah. whatever. How if you manage that? that, like you can do a lot of good exactly. stuff. With it. So you build your credit. You literally get a free plane ticket, and you get points. You could also use these points towards Amazon, like yeah. stuff. So that's pretty much what I've used. So I'm just like, yo, like that's another like that's another form of income to a certain extent when you're yeah. saving money. So like, yeah. Now for sure, if you help me out, let's discuss about this, like, I guess, tomorrow if you want, and all that. Yeah, no, yeah, we will, sure, we will. Sure. We, de- we definitely will. I, I, we do have John, uh, one of my accountants, like, he, he he said he had a CPA lined up for us, so, like, we're uh, going to go sure. speak to him and big see moves, what we could big do. Big moves, big moves, Make yeah. moves, bro. Yeah. Make this shit bigger. Yeah. yeah, man. But also, like, all right, cool. So, just one more one more thing I want to ask you is, like, pretty much, I'm having trouble, like, marketing this thing. So, this, the, the podcast. The podcast, yeah. yeah. So, what are you doing in terms of brand alignment? What do you mean? So brand alignment. So this is um, this is a way to generate um, mutual business by putting yourself uh, next to another brand and using them and their media machine and their advertising machine 
to uh, go alongside your brand and they'll use you and you use them. And then the amount of people that you hit is yours plus theirs. Oh, plus cool. also you build the history of working with them. Um, so one thing that like I do with a coffee company, like mm-hmm. we'll be working with like counterculture coffee down in North Carolina. Um, I want to promote them as much as possible because they, for me, are just a way to have a really great high quality coffee brand. But at the same time, I can just give them props. But at the same time, it's coming through my feed. So you, it's like when you date up. You yeah, know? yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. My, my thing was like the way I was trying to do was um, like where, we should have like Pellegrino here. Like if like Pellegrino, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like those types of like, like you can do branding, mm-hmm. actual branding. Yeah, yeah, actual branding. But then you could at. also do like a cross episode, go on someone else's show. Yes. Like be interviewed. Collaboration, yeah. A collaboration. Those are also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing, um, uh, you know, interviews with like a chef or a business or something like that. Yeah. Which basically gets their whole base into your base. And you're just having that kind of brand alignment. Cool, yeah. Because the the few ways that I've been trying to do it is, again, through Instagram Reels. I've been creating good content through TikTok. Uh, collaboration, big on collaboration, big on like... Um, bringing people on here. Bringing people that, on that have businesses. And trying to build the audience. Um, as far as brand deals, we're not going to get brand deals until like we hit like a certain peak of viewers. Have you tried being funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good joke. That was a it good joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna get invited back. <laughs> no, this is no. the last time you've seen yeah, here. that, and then like we we've also been trying to build like you know our audio. We're I feel like we just finally perfected like the show where like the audio. I finally figured out how to edit the audio. We finally mm. figured out. Yeah, we figured out how to do the the production the, quality. Is the great. production quality yeah. is really good now. I think it's like the best. Obviously, it's, it's the best it's ever been. And maybe we might be reaching out to like Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who that mm-hmm. that is. It's like Dave Portnoy. He does like pizza reviews. Like I'm pizza so, reviews. Oh wait, the pizza review guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, yeah, he he's he's like a, a millionaire, multimillionaire. Well, you're doing like the that. taco thing, which is fun. Which is why I'm trying to get his attention. Is this the same thing? This is, is this the same form. pocket? You have your own separate taco thing. Yeah, my it's separate. It's okay. a, it's separated, but like I try to do that to promote the Jesus show. Uh-huh. I'm also trying to jump on like Twitch, you know, Twitches. It's like a, a gaming platform where you record yourself and you talk to other people. I'm so old. Or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yo, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to find like so many different ways expand, or like as people with expand. like businesses. Yeah, yeah. So that I can like expand and make this like bigger, a little faster. Have you had a conversation yet with um, uh, people putting you on like, uh, like Apple podcasts, things like that? So yeah. What so, is that move? How do you archetype? How do you get so that ready? So right now, so that's, this is funny because the, the last episode I just, I just streamed, I announced that we're going to be on Apple's, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google play. Cause mm. um, there's on um, this website called Anchor. Okay. That we can just once we have our audio, we just put on the audio. We have we have the cover and everything. We just write a little description, and then we're already streamlined on Apple. So I think like diversifying too is going to help us, which is what I'm trying to get on to. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like I I feel like I, I'm almost exhausting every avenue that I'm trying to figure out. So I'm asking everybody. Like. Well, I mean, I I've I've, I've seen um more than a few episodes of this, and I've definitely seen it's like production and like the way that it's evolved. It's a much cleaner, better show than what it was in the very beginning. You can see a, a yeah. clear progress. It's probably going to just, you know, take some time take to some like time. really get it. And then maybe you'll have an idea that comes to you that's like, oh, I want to change it. And it's going to be like this. But then you'll have the tools behind you to be able to execute, execute it, it a lot faster, a lot easier, uh, with a lot mm-hmm. more um, uh, relevancy to what you're trying to Catch do. on trends. Like your impact will be greater because you have the tools to, you know, get behind it. To get behind it. Yeah. But, so that's good, man. No, yeah. I, thank you. Thank you for that. 
Because that's yeah. what we're we doing. Yeah. Coming, and, Edwin's camera's dying, so he's definitely yes, freaking yes, out. Yes, they're dying. I don't want to see <laughs> All right, yo. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Hey, Everybody, please don't forget to leave a like, comment, comment and subscribe. And subscribe. Down below. All right. Can I help us, please? You know. Yeah, yeah man. It's down below. It's down below. Down below. Down below. Down below. Down below. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. guys. Enjoy happy your Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, man. You know. Yeah. All right. Peace. Peace.